0: on, keep on, keep striving for this religion that we preach. I keep on, keep on, keep pushing for nothing's ever right or free.
1: A welcome to another eventual edition of the Luton Town International Podcast. Gab's been doing his hair, his makeup, his lighting, got his selfie ring. I kid you not there. As soon as getting wine ready, he seems to be sucking out of beaker. How are you, Gab?
0: Look, last week we tried to record this show and I sat here and gave Alex an awful time. Of the part that I didn't actually go out, by the way, it never actually went out. I gave him an awful time for about 20-25 minutes because we couldn't get this going. And then we recorded, and I found out that my audio was shit. And then I tried to fix that audio and made it even shitter. And the show went up like that because I just couldn't be bothered. Couldn't, like, it was either not put it out at all or just put it out the way it is. And after talking to you two, it was just put it out the way it is and just put a disclaimer. So after that debacle, I told you both you guys that it will be more professional from here on out. Or at least I'm going to try to be more professional from here on out. So I've got the lighting. I've got the mic. I've got the headphones. I was going to wear a suit and tie, but I thought that might be going a little overboard.
1: Okay, what I did, I turned on my laptop, spent waited 15 minutes for you to finish bugging around, and then sort of, that's it. It's simple. And that's
0: why I need headphones, because you don't wear headphones. So if I didn't wear headphones, then you would just be blasting back off my microphone. So, right, professional.
1: We don't do professional, we've never this done this. would be
0: that. so much easier if we were in the same location. Ever thought about moving to California?
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm a to Trump.
0: <laughs> That's going to get us some likes on the podcast. Well, done <laughs> it's
1: going to get some hatred if any of the Trump fans you've got over there,
0: especially where I live. Okay. Right. I was gonna. I. I. I just also want to say I was gonna host this edition. That was the plan. I was gonna host it because I had my setup. I think finally right. But um. Then you sent the run notes, and I can't understand your writing. So you're gonna host. It was tight. Yeah. I'm gonna and host. I still couldn't understand it. That's how bad he is. His first language is English. Now, given mine probably is too. Although I could claim Irish as if I wanted to. Your first language. But he cannot. He cannot type for the life of him. I can't type. I type. definitely can type. type. <laughs> and then you give right. me shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I bother typing if it's actually worth if it's worthwhile. You know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's get this on the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, I suppose we had to talk about some football rather than just insulting each other. Um, so yeah, we've got one game to talk about. We seem to have about one game a week. But we don't seem to have too many midweeks, being the Premier League um so yeah Fulham game um formation change we kind of um we put Ben left to wing back which i was a bit thinking right we've got some more attacking options there um we've actually gone for sort of you know you've gone for sort of you know two banks of four plus you have got chong brown actually brown making his first start coming supporting morrison attack but actually forming a solid defensive and i think for the most part it kind of it works I mean I know I think you texted during the game this sort of came up I don't know why it was, I don't know why I checked my phone on there but you said oh no we're really under the cosh here I didn't think we were I think it was okay well let they have possession they can't do anything with it and for the most top part that was true and I think we better have the better chances
0: Fulham had a lot of the ball an awful lot of the ball I would like that to change in games going forward and I'm not saying I want us to have the majority of possession but closer than, I think at one point, they had 80-something percent possession. I would like a bit closer than that. But in saying that, we had the best chances. Now, I think he got the formation and the personnel right. Because we've talked about, um, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but we've definitely talked about it in the group chat, that maybe moving Bell out of left centre-back would be, would be best for him because... I felt that he was being found out a little bit playing left centre back as someone who, let's face it, is a natural left back. Uh, he's done extremely well there, don't get me wrong, but it seems to be shown in the last couple of weeks. The Him playing left back gave us a bit more stability defensively to what Giles would give us. And then, although they they seemed to line up on the TV or at least the broadcast I was watching, they lined it up as a 5-3-2 with Brown and and Morris playing up top. It pretty much was Morris by himself with Brown dropping onto the right, Chong going left, or Chong going right and Brown going left, uh, and then leaving the camba and Sambi in the centre. I thought it was fine. I thought away from home in the Premier League, that probably should be the way we go going forward. Uh, again, it was a bank of five at the back and a bank of four in front, in front of that to, to defend them, and then we were able to break quickly enough to cause Fulham problems. And let's face it, Fulham... Fulham won and they got the goal that they needed, but the game should have been long, long out of reach of Fulham by the time they scored.
1: It should have been at least a draw. And I think some of the fans I was here speaking to and hearing on the way back from the station were saying pretty much the same thing. Um, but I mean, I'll go back to some of the reasons after that, but let's talk about our chances. So obviously Chong's chance, I think he's got quite a surprising turn of pace. Nobody uh, nobody up with him. I think he probably did the best he could. He got, he got the ball on target. That's yeah. all you can ask.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, I honestly, when you mentioned that in the chances, I did don't even think of it as a chance. Uh, I think Chong doing extremely well to break away and use his pace down, down the, down the left. But at the, the, the final shot was per and like they were closing in them. The only thing I, I could think of is maybe hold it up and see if you can hold it up, see if you can pull it back, and see if you can get some other people coming forward. Although there was, there, I mean, wasn't, I mean, there it was, wasn't that much coming.
1: No, I I watched the highlights back after because, I mean, obviously, as you see it game, it's time you see the highlights back after. There wasn't really anybody coming up in support. There were about three people trying to get back, so I don't think you could really do much more there. Yeah. Um, Then you got Carlton Morris. He's had an effort from about eight yards out. Ball's come back to him. Do you think, just get it on target, please? I mean, we we know he can do, but that was, again, a big chance.
0: So one of the things I looked at Morris coming into the season was uh, specifically from last season was his goals scored, and was there was there a pattern in the goals that he scored, i.e., left foot, right foot, header, you know that sort of thing? Uh, and there wasn't. He scored with his left. He scored with his right, and he scored scored quite a few with his head. There, that's why I that's why I felt and I still feel like Carlton Morris can be. A real handful at this level, at the Premier League level, because I think realistically he can he can score any which way. Now, in saying that, I was surprised he took it with his left foot. The boy, the way that ball's dropping, I, I I personally would have probably tried to go with my right foot.
1: Well, I, I would take it with my right foot as well because I'm completely one. To, well, I'm completely one first it, Me so. too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. but uh, saying as yeah, someone gone, yeah. who someone who can hit with both, like I probably would have taken it on my right foot. Like if if i didn't have two left feet you know i probably would have went for that with my right foot rather than my left foot that's just me now i c- i think i can understand what he's trying to do he's trying with his right foot he can really only go one area which is the area the deep ball ended up going i think um with his left foot there's a chance of going that side and the far side of the goalkeeper and i actually think maybe he was trying to go the far side of the goalkeeper but i again i don't have a like i don't have a problem with a miss i don't have a, have a problem with him 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 trying it you know because those sort of chances are going to come off. And all it really showed me was he's starting to get an understanding. He's starting to understand where the players around him are going to be. Because we talked about in the last podcast, like you're looking at a whole new midfield. Nakamba came in the end of last season, but other that not a whole new midfield. Two new wingbacks, you know, although Jaws didn't play on Saturday. Uh it, It's stuff that both him and uh, Eli have to get used to. And I think there was signs of it on Saturday for Morris that, He's starting to come to grips with. He's starting to understand what the other players around him are, are, are thinking and are going to do.
1: I mean, obviously, we, we had to point out, Fulham aren't as good a side as the others we played this season. But no. at the end of the day, if you're getting yourself in chances, some are going to come off. We had a few more from the similar distances. Um Obviously, the the glaring one is um, Jacob Brown. So his first start, I thought he did really well. Um, But again, it's it's almost a free header from eight yards out. He hits the post, so an inch on the side, again, we a goal up, that changed the game.
0: You, you say right, to any... inch he, on the side,
1: he, an inch the side the post, obviously.
0: Yeah. You say you say to any player in that position to get it on target, and he couldn't have got it any closer to being on target. You know? Uh, well,
1: he, he could have actually got it on he target. Could
0: have, he could, he, he, yeah. he, without scoring, he couldn't have got it any closer on target. Yeah. Uh, again, w- wasn't disappointed. It showed an understanding. It showed Brown getting into them positions. There was a lot of positives, you know, uh, but in saying that, you would have liked to see him score. I think, I think having watched back the replays, it would have been back because I think his pinky toe was offside.
1: The way vr I mean, I'll get to VAR later on, but I mean, it was uh, the way VAR works or doesn't work is ridiculous. Actually, I'm going to get to VAR right now. Because the next thing I'm going to talk about is Colson Morris is getting rugby tackled on the way to a free kick. How the hell does VR review that and not see that? I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even close. That's something that's actually that's something you look in some rugby World Cup that's going
0: across the channel. That's not even a debate, surely. No, it was a stonewall penalty. Um, two things, I think. If memory serves, that was coming near the end of the first half, right? Yeah. And I don't know if like they were just like just let's get to fucking halftime. Because there was, those was bits in the first half, especially with Paulina, uh, where you where you were kind of looking at, it going, oh, that's that's nasty, or oh, that should have been that should have been a free kick, or you know those little like the tackle on was a Zambi should have been a least yellow card, but it wasn't. Could have been possibly a red because he went in studs up, and I I think he's a fantastic player, but he and he was probably Fulham's best player on on Saturday, but it was a dangerous tackle. You know Var I don't believe even even looked at the tackle on Zambi. Uh, I think one, they're looking to get to halftime, and they're look. They're just again, you gotta understand, VAR is not an automated service. It's people's interpretation of the game, you know. And people like th- these people in 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 the centers are human. These referees that are in the centers doing VAR assistance yeah, or whatever the hell. If ref-
1: I mean, you said that
0: one on Morris. You said VAR looked at it. VAR did look at it, and they didn't give it. That's what I'm saying. Like. Uh, it's interpretation of the game. Now that leads into my second point. I think what helped was the fact that the Fulham player went down and stayed down.
1: I mean, I, I saw it. Obviously, sort of, um, it was the other end of the pitch for me, but it was um you saw it and you think mm, that looks a bit dubious. Yeah. And then you see the replay mm-hmm. and think, oh my god, that is so blatant. So yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was, what, it was a stone. The Fulham player went was.
1: down and stayed down because he actually died full length of rugby tackling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think he injured himself in the in the process. But it's you see it you see it time and time again where a player makes a tackle and then the player stays down and the referee kind of goes leaning on him even though it should have been a yellow or whatever. The referee goes leaning on him because he thinks he's injured. You know, should that change it? No. And we're, we're talking about VAR and you know, VAR are humans. You know, they're 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 humans and it's the human interpretation of the game. The problem is that. They're not robots and the interpretation of the game is different from one person to the next. And that's why you're right. seeing such inconsistencies within calls within the first what, was it five weeks of the Premier League season. That's, that's why you are see so
1: watch the replay, watch the game, watch the game and then make a decision on it. And they're not doing that. And it's thinking right on that one. Sure thinking Right. So their play goes down after he's died full length to bring Morris down. But Morris then goes down as well. I think look surely looking at it has got to be. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have to get used to it. Basically, if you're not the big six, you're not gonna get VAR decisions.
0: Here's the other thing as well, Nick. You gotta understand, they, they were showing they had um they had Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher go to go to wherever I can't remember the name of the place that they have the VAR reviews at it's called a certain name. I can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. But, um but they had Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville go there, and they were basically saying are the are the are the camera views, or the camera angles that you see on TV? Are they the only angles you have? And they said, "Yeah, they're the only angles we have." Now, in saying that, the best, the best camera angle that I seen on Saturday was a mile away. It was like from the halfway line. It was still looking like a penalty. Don't get me wrong, you know, but there was no clearer picture. So they are having to make a decision based on that. Now, as a Luton fan, I'm saying it's a penalty. A Fulham fan would probably turn around and say it's not a penalty. And again, that's objective, you know, depending on on, on who your team is or if you're a neutral or whatever. But that was the only, if that's the only view they have of it, then that's a problem then as well. You know, if we're going to use VAR, then we have to get these guys better, better equipment and better angles and better views of decisions. You know, now that's only going to come with more investment and more money. But at the same point, there's no point in getting better views, better angles, and all investing all this money if, as Paul Heckingbottom said over the weekend, the refs don't understand the game. And that is a problem that has come up this season, is the refs don't understand the game.
1: Or the VAR refs. And, I mean, actually, my VR, no, no. Rant, my VR rant was going to wait till later. I mean, actually, I'll, I'll come to that because it's uh, a game on a bit because we was um it comes up with a bit different on so a few other points. But, I mean, just sticking to the game for now, um we had, obviously, their goal. I thought at the time, again, finding the pitch, I thought it was a keeper error. Having looked at the back again, I don't think there's much he could really do about it.
0: No. The only thing he could possibly do is, I've, I've heard some people say, punch it. Instead of just getting the hand to it, put a punch to it and try to punch it away. I don't think it makes any difference. If I'm being no, honest. It it's, about half, only, it's about half the yard only, off the ground when yeah. he comes to it. Yeah, The only thing I think he can do is leave it. And at that point, I think Anderson, it gets to Anderson, and then you've got a mad scramble in your box, depending on where that ball comes off Anderson. Could come off Anderson and go in? Could come off Anderson's knee and bounce right to the goalkeeper and he just picks it up. It's you don't know what's going to happen. The, with the, problem, the problem with that goal was is or was that we, we didn't stop the cross coming in.
1: Yeah. And okay. then Burke first the in the season.
0: Yeah, and then Burke completely missed the header. And I think that's what hap- That's what caused Kaminsky to re- to react the way he did. Is he's expecting Burke to knock that ball out for a corner, and then the ball all of a sudden is a pass Burke, and I don't think he knows what or who is around them, and he's just trying to get something on the ball to stop it.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: now, in saying that, you're a goalkeeper. You should know, right? You should know what's around your box. You should you should know what you're going to. You, 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 all that should be you should be commanding that area. And I say it's that because game, I will the the say that... half
1: yard off the ground, so yeah. he's stretching forward. He's one-handed. He only get one hand to it. So it comes across, he's trying to cut that cross out whichever way he can because he doesn't know who's lurking behind him. Because, mm-hmm. let's face it, you can't be looking five directions at once.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I say that to bring up the fact of I don't blame him for the goal. But if you start cruel in the next game, I'm also not bothered.
1: I think has done well, pretty much. He has.
0: He has. He's made a couple of errors. He made an error in the West Ham game. He made what you could possibly call an error in this game. Again, he's done fine. I don't blame him for us having zero points. But at the same point, if you if Edwards turns around and says, I'm starting cruel in the next game, I'm okay with that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's bought in two keepers to back off the number one jersey. He's not yeah. bought, he's literally bought, not, not brought a keeper and a backup keeper. He's bought in two number ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. But I don't think Kaminsky's getting dropped.
0: No, I, I think it, again, if it happens, I'm fine with it. If Kaminsky stays, I'm fine with it. I think he'll get better as, as it goes along. Cause again, he was a pretty late signing in the, in the transfer window. Uh, Krull was even later, but he was a pretty late signing and, you know, he's still getting the grips with the defenders and it hasn't helped that we haven't had a settled back three yet this season.
1: I mean, there's a couple of other chances we had um, obviously in the second half. Uh, We had Amari Bell. I mean, it's um, good work, good work down the right. Um, I think it was Jacob Brown to get the ball in. Um, Bell, I think he shows a left back. I mean, he got it on target, but it was on target straight down the goalkeeper's throat. It came to him, you can't necessarily say it's a bad miss, but at this level, you need to be trying to get chances like that in when you get them because you're not going to hit too many.
0: The height wasn't great when he was shooting it. It, it, it wasn't fantastic. But at the same point, you've got to be scoring them. And I think if that falls to anyone other than Bell, then you've you're probably got a goal on your hand. You know? Mm. Uh, he went with the inside of his boot for some reason. I don't understand why. It's
1: because it's coming like across. It, it was come
0: across him. It was coming across him. And he, he was just, I think he was just trying to guide it back across goal and see if maybe he could catch the goalkeeper. Real. But I think with a, with a shot like that, you've got to get more, you've got to get more power on it.
1: Well, no, it's so not put, necessarily more power, but if, just not put it down the goalkeeper's throat.
0: Here's the thing, though if, if if you get more power on that, even if the keeper saves it, I don't think he comfortably saves it the way he does. And then it's back out in the box and you've got players in the box and there's a chance that you're always going to score. From I think the thing.
1: main thing is you get it on target first of all. Because having power that goes over the bar is no good whatsoever if you get it on target that's uh, always a chance but i mean he was stretching but again it was a decent chance um yeah and final one was um tom Lockyer pushed up front suddenly looking okay what's he doing up here permanently it was um tom Lockyer seems to come up and play as emergency striker for the last five minutes mm-hmm. um but again he's had a header and he can normally get those but it just didn't get enough on it. You saw his face after he was just—he knew he knew that was a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, and we we've seen Lockyer last year put them home, you know, playoff semi final against Sunderland comes to mind. He just didn't didn't connect with it, didn't connect with it probably. and that's why I say a lot of positives is because now when I say will I be saying a lot of positives when it's January February and we're still not putting these chances away? Probably not, but there's a lot of positives because we're creating chances. You know, and
1: I, I chances, more chances than we have done so far. We've actually considered less clear cut chances than um, we have so far.
0: And, and like... again,
1: that was um that was the way game. Now obviously it was sort of we'll come to it later, but I mean we've obviously we need to be getting something in these next three games, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can't you cannot be on zero points after these next three games, just can't. Well pass. if we're if if we're, on, if we're on zero points after these next three games, then you've seriously got to look at it and go, okay, let's start looking at next season. I, I mean,
1: I don't think that's the case as yet. Um, well, I'm not
0: saying we're relegated. I'm just saying let's start. Let, let's not – because you look at the next three games would lead us into middle of October. Middle of October, November, you're probably looking at players that you might bring in during January, right? I think if you're doing it,
1: I mean, you've, you've got the next three games with a lot of October, November, then you've got the international break, and then you get in December, yeah. and December is hard.
0: Yeah. December is extremely hard. We've Park got what? Chelsea. Arsenal? Chelsea already beat us. Remember that. We've yeah, that got Arsenal, Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Chelsea. Yeah. Sheffield United, if, if memory serves me right in there as well, right? Uh,
1: yeah, they're Boxing Day.
0: Yeah. And Bournemouth,
1: which I suppose the only other one we might get so you know, look at think that's a reasonable one. But I mean, generally that, that's a tough December. Um right, um, just on the atmosphere, it's um Fulham. I think Fulham, it's um I'm not sure if it came across the TV. I've never known a set of fans at home quite so quiet. They made a noise when Kaminsky was booked. Again, that's in a later book. And when they scored, apart from that, that was it. I mean, they're all sitting there basically in scarves in 26 degrees. These scarves, I'm guessing they're some sort of giveaway. That's the only reason I can think of. But Chelsea, when I watched the game in there, their fans were quiet as well. Is this a Premier League? Is this absolutely full of plastic tourist fans don't care?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, again, the broadcast that I had on, uh had to apologize a number of times for the language because you are at the at the grounds yes. were <laughs> chanting who's the wanker in the black so but a- again like how often do you hear commentators have to um apologize for uh apologize for language in the premier league never
1: especially you know, her- or is. hardly
0: hardly yeah. ever i should say it's
1: just, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad our feelings of the referee came across quite clearly because that brings
0: me on to my next point. It's it, the, the Premier League is just very sanitised. It's very Disney. Mm. You know? just, I think it's just very, very
1: tourist, isn't it? It's just thinking, right, when you got, when you got fans who don't sing, I mean, I think there's a few reports saying the Fulham fans were getting disenchanted with the team. I didn't notice. You couldn't hear a thing from them.
0: They were very quiet.
1: They were seriously
0: quiet. Well, you think about it, like, what fans have we seen this year that haven't been quiet?
1: West Ham push-away fans, I think.
0: When they were ahead. Yeah. Chelsea fans when they were 3-0 up, maybe.
1: No, Chelsea fans, not at all. Uh, yeah. Bryson fans, can't remember. Maybe they had a few things, but it was um, – but I'm hearing our fans above the other fans all the time, even when we're waiting.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic you know that's the, that's the way you want it as i said like it's just very sanitised it's very pc it's very nice nice you know I mean, it's, it's not us it's not it's not it, it, it like you you look at you look at luton and, and you look at you look at the club and we talk about being a family club you know but we know where we've come from you know, and, and we know,
1: but I mean, when it comes to match, we can be a completely yeah. horrible, abusive bunch, and that's the way it should be. And if people, so you know, if people die, if people cheat, or if everybody make a mistake, or we think they have, we're right on them, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about it.
0: Yeah, we're we've come, we we know, we know where we've come from, we know, we know who's, who's done us wrong, and we're not going to forget that, we're not going to let them forget it either.
1: Can I just you point know? out? Dang, they apologize for saying the referee's a wanker, but they didn't apologize for saying "fuck the uh, fuck the FA" and the Football I, League. I'll be honest. Well. I'll be
0: honest with you. That didn't come across. Now, okay. whether they would lowered the mics at that point or not after the referee who's the wanker in the black, uh, they probably, I don't, they probably don't know. Had, because that was definitely coming across quite loud. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe they lowered the atmosphere of mics at that point, but I personally didn't hear it. And right. like you were obviously at the ground, so you can hear a lot more than I can. So. But, uh, yeah it was it's, it's it's the premier league if we if we want to be here then we have to get used to it don't we Or change it doesn't mean doesn't mean we we have to change we just have to get used to what our teams being quit.
1: oh we're still oh, i don't mind that this is if we can yeah. especially at home of good need to be referee but on the mention referees i'm going to talk cuz i know you were possibly trolling during the game so a couple of messages pop up
0: i'm thinking are you fucking kidding me he was fine, and I say that to say he was fine in that he was equally bad for both teams.
1: Um, actually, I'm going to disagree there because on the way back to the station, I heard of some Fulham fans saying, "Yeah, the referee definitely favoured us, us being Fulham." And they're coming back there. He like, was, just... he was appalling. I mean, it was basically he was giving them free kicks at the dubious Kaminsky. He booked, um, then didn't put their goalkeeper for time wasting the goal up. Same offence, thinking, right, have some inconsistency. Um, there was a double foul in the middle of the park. Um, you say one looked like a flop. I don't know if we do that in the middle of the park, but I mean, obviously, you could add the angle. But that was, was a, Chong, was... right? Hmm?
0: Yeah. That was Chong. It was a flop.
1: But th- there was a foul just The
0: tackle that. right before that was a foul. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The tackle okay. before that was a foul. But Chong's was a flop.
1: Okay. So he basically doesn't give one mm-hmm. and then decides the others a dive and books him for it. Um some very, very dubious free kicks. One was given by the linesman, a couple of the edge of the areas. He was just absolutely all over the place. I mean, it's uh, again, they probably probably the atmosphere, right? But it was, um, you could tell from our fans that so when he eventually did give us something, it was kind of, it's a miracle rings out. And that refereeing standards of, I don't know how, that's actually worse than Championship referees. This is a Premier League referees, and they're just absolutely
0: shocking. Well, again, it's the same thing as what we said about Var, right? Inconsistent,
1: inconsistent, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, either yeah. oh, human can make mistakes, but he seems to be almost determined not to give us anything. And, um, I'm gonna have some sympathy for the other reneg- for the other promoter teams, um, in a minute as well. Um, on that, because I think they're suffering. I think is there some directive? Oh, the three promoter teams, please send them straight back down.
0: Mm. I don't think we're burning.
1: Oh, well guess that slightly earlier than i planning, but I mean Burnley, it was um I mean I watched the game last night. Well, it was a lot of the game last night. Burnley had a man sent off for a fairly harsh red card on VAR review, which I'm sure they got away with. And they had a goal this I mean, I'm not disappointed they have a goal disallowed or the main mm-hmm. striker was suspended against us, but they had a goal disallowed where it's basically said it's got to be a mm-hmm. deliberate handball of the player there. Now he's running onto it. His chest bounced onto his arm, brushed his arm. That, as, as I said, that doesn't get given as a penalty the opposite way. And you're thinking that doesn't get given it disallowed if it's Liverpool, if it's Man United, or anything else like that. But because it's Burnley, because it's Sheffield United, because it's losing, it may have done. Again, it's consistency.
0: And again, it's interpretation of the rules, right?
1: I'm, f- I'm fuming. I'm fuming. Those decisions to go against us. As I said, I didn't mind because it's a basic relegation rival, um, but equally can look at thinking
0: that's not right. So, we—I used to always get told in my last job that the policies weren't black and white; they were very grey. So, work your way around the greyness um, when it came to certain things. I think the the rules that the referees are following the referee handbook. I don't think it's black and white. I think it's gray. Or if it is black and white, it's not clear black and white. And that leaves open to interpretation. And everyone's going to interpret something differently. I'm not going to interpret things the way you do. You're not going to interpret things the way Alex does. Alex is not going to interpret things the way anyone else does.
1: Well, that'd be ahead of, of translation. If, if Mangled English goes to Norwegian, goes to me.
0: But just in general, like not yeah. even talking about language barrier, just talking about interpretation of something. We're all going to interpret things. Like I can, I interpreted the, the Chong uh, thing as a flop. Now I can guarantee you, those Luton fans on Twitter, that will say, no, he was clearly cl- caught. He was clearly felled.
1: I mean, I, my I... interpretation
0: and their interpretation is different. The rule book for the refs needs to be black and white. It needs to be this is a foul, this isn't. This is a handball, this isn't. And I, that that's where the problem is, and like again, I can go back to Paul Heckingbottom. They, the refs are ruining the game because they don't understand the game. They 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 don't understand football.
1: But sure that that's sure that's going to be something. I mean, there's basic refereeing conferences, refereeing conventions. You've got some refereeing things thinking right. Okay, this is the way the rules should be, or not. It's it seems to be right. Here it is. interpret as you like, and if it's Man United or Liverpool, you can interpret it as in software. I don't
0: care. It, it, it at the end of the day, like. They're having all these ref conferences and you know, training sessions and whatnot. It's it's not helping. It's not working. It's well, it, much, I'm, honestly, I'm pretty... honestly, I think the game the and it, it's it, it's hard to say because VAR has got decisions right, but since VAR has come in, the game's got worse.
1: VAR gets decisions right sometimes, but VAR shouldn't get decisions wrong. Not when you can look at decisions of five different times from a neutral angle.
0: But if you notice the VAR decisions that they get right, they're always the stonewall ones that they get right, and even some stonewall ones they don't get right. But I mean, of the decisions that VAR gets right, I would say 97 percent of them are stonewall. Like it doesn't matter how you interpret it, you're going to come to the same to, to the same outcome. It's that again, it's that gray area that there's no, there's no, and honestly, like. Howard Webb can come on as many shows as he wants and talk about, oh, we got this wrong over the weekend. We're very sure we're working to get better. No, that needs to be his job. That needs to be his job on the table and saying, you get this right or we get someone else.
1: I think with VAR, what it needs to be as well, it's um, I mean, there, there was something about someone not wanting to send his mates a VAR screen because he had a bad weekend. Now, that's the other that's the other issue as well. you got the VAR referees that look at something and the second they send the referees to look at the screen, they know they're making a decision for him. I know that's not supposed to be the case, but have you ever seen a referee go to the screen and not change his mind or give a decision the way VAR says? No. No. And that's then an expectation. Not that, not
0: that, I, not that, I, can, not that I can remember. But at, at the end of the day, they showed one where they brought the referee to to the monitor and literally all, all the VAR assistants said was, hey, I think you need to take a look at this. Before you be, be like, I think you need to take a look. At, he didn't say, Hey, I think you need to take a look at this. I think that, and went into detail on what he thought. Literally all he turned around and said was, Hey, I think you need to take a look at this. The referee went down, then went to the monitor, looked at it, and reversed the decision.
1: But that's the thing is almost seems to be expected. If you send the referee, if basically VR send the referee to the monitor, the referee is gonna look for what he's sort of, you know, he's been sent to monitor for and give it. I've not seen any mm-hmm. acceptance whatsoever for that. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. I mean, I, I mean, it should be a case of, right, go and have a look, see what you think, not go and have a look, see what you think, but you know you're going to give it anyway.
0: I think the problem is that as soon as they turn around and say, hey, I think you need to go have a look at this, doubt is immediately entered into the ref head. Because he's instantly thinking, well, shit, if I, if I was right, they wouldn't have me looking at the video. hmm so doubt's immediately gone into his head as he's walking up to that camera, as he's walking up to that, that that TV. Instantly, he's got doubt in his head going, oh shit, did I get this wrong? And he's looking to then see, did he get this wrong? And it's either going to go one of two ways. You're either going to have a referee who's not confident in himself, which you don't want either, and he's going to be looking for, he's going to be looking for, oh shit, did I get it wrong? Or, oh, oh shit, oh shit, I got it wrong. Then you're going to have the other referees who are like, I don't care if I got this wrong. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fucking a minute you know? referees again i come back to paul hecking referees in the game are destroying it because they don't understand it and the and here, here, here's here's the flip here let's let's play devil's advocate the referees don't understand the game mm-hmm. that's what paul hecking came out and said i don't disagree with him. how do you then get the referees to understand the game better and to be better you got to bring them up the same way as football players, right? you got to bring them up through grassroots. you got to bring them up through the youth levels. But then you hear stories every single week about parents at youth levels attacking referees. So then you're that, not... That's in, a
1: completely different arguments. It's going to run out of arguments. But, but,
0: but yeah. hold on. But you then have parents attacking referees, which means that person's probably not going to referee again, which means that's a referee gone. That's a referee out of your pool. And if that happens 50, 60 times in a weekend up and down England, That's 50 or 60 referees gone.
1: So what what,
0: what do you then do to help the referees get better? Because what Howard Webb is doing right now is obviously not fucking working.
1: I mean, okay, not youth referees, because, I mean, that's a different thing. And yes, parents then attacking the referees, you're thinking, no. I've seen that side of things. I've seen amateur levels as well. I always have more respect for a referee who would have a laugh and joke with you, explain why he gave a decision, even though he thought he may have been wrong at the time. He said, look, that's where I saw it. He had a lot more respect for it. But I think now you get referees who will not explain their decision. I mean, you've looked at Women's World Cup, they explain the decision over a sort of loudspeaker from what I saw. Rugby World Cup, it's you know, they basically explain the decision again over a microphone. Why are referees in the Premier League at least not being asked to explain the decision?
0: And answer this in two words. Football fans. Um, yeah the referee in rugby can get on the mic and get and tell say why he's made a decision and it will be it might not be liked it'll be booed but they won't be attacked they won't be harassed and i i, I again i'm I, I can bring you back to back in back in my younger days when I was when I was growing up in Ireland, I, I played rugby for a small time before I stopped growing and everyone else did and they were a lot bigger than me and they were sending me home black and blue. The rest in the nice. game were able to explain yeah. it because the people playing the game, and this is not saying I am, but the people playing the game and especially at the upper echelons and again, talking about Ireland here, people in the upper echelons of rugby in Ireland, specifically and probably elsewhere, are upper class, middle to upper class. Football fans is your working man's, working woman's, working person's game. Not it's
1: finish. norm.
0: It's normally low. It's normally lower to barely middle class. Ali K being the exception because he's got a really posh voice.
1: Oh, no, I no, I've never heard him, but it's
0: really um, I mean, I, I think it's basically. It's gotta be an act.
1: <laughs> Possibly. I mean, Alex isn't here to respond to it as a source anyway, but it was. Um...
0: That's the way but, I said it on this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, but I think even then it's a right. Even if you don't explain it on speak at the time, maybe explain it after why you gave a decision, why you didn't. It's, um, it just seems the referees can give a decision and hide behind it and refuse to admit they're wrong.
0: But I don't think it changed because football fans would still harass. Like, you look at football fans with their own players sometimes. You yeah. know? Oh, this person's asked for a move away, and all of a sudden their house has been under attack. It's football fans, you know. I'm not saying I'm not saying like all oh, football fans need to be that's that's football fans. But that's I feel one of the reasons why referees don't don't get up and don't don't say why they did or didn't get the decision. I think Harold Webb is the only one that does it and it's basically his job to take the flak. But if a
1: referee came up and said why he did or did they give him the decision or put it there? People might have a little bit more sympathy, as it is. Yeah, They don't give it. They have this kind of, nope. I'm not talking about it. Not even to the managers. Sometimes they refuse it to the managers. And then they get to analyse the hell, then pundits come into it, so football fans make up their own minds anyway. Yeah. So surely for referees referee's actually got the chance to say, right, this is the way I saw it. And also you could see how different referees are interpreting it. That's going to be better for the game, surely.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just giving you the reason why I think it doesn't happen. I don't disagree with it. I think they should.
1: And I disagree with saying, right, all football fans are lower to, lower to lower middle class because have you
0: seen how much money it costs to go to that match now? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But so, e- e- even then, like, like I remember texting you during the uh, playoff final and saying, why is the middle part of the fucking stadium empty? And you were like, oh, that's corporate. You know? How long did you take me to respond to that? Oh, was that well, it was the next day, I think it was. Okay, I was about to say because getting through, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but there's there's areas set up for upper class within football stadiums. But let's face it, a lot, a a large majority of fans that go week in, week out, especially to the home games, are season ticket holders, right? Would you agree
1: with us, especially? Yeah,
0: with us, especially, but in most teams, it's it's good. A large percentage of it will be season ticket holders. A lot of them season ticket holders are going to be. Your average Joe, who's working long hours during the week, has weekends off. Wants to go see his football team play, not and Emily. has not, put not it not in Premier League
1: anymore. Has I've has put it weekend. on
0: a yeah. has put it on a credit card, or has 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 some sort of credit financing on it. You know, maybe it's true. Credit card. Who knows? To put on that, I wouldn't necessarily say they're rich just because they can afford a season ticket. Like. Here's a, a perfect example. I wouldn't consider myself rich. I would I I would barely consider myself middle class right now. We're we what we we what the minimum wage and what people are earning over here. Okay, I'm I I I took a trip to Disneyland for my son's birthday and July in July. Disneyland is extremely expensive. Am I now rich because I could afford it a, a trip to Disneyland? Or was I just smart and being able to find out find a credit card that had a financing offer that I could put it on and then pay off over 15, 18 months? I know. I've be i will to Disney. I found it really really cheap when I went there. You go skiing though as well. I'm not talking about you. You're not oh, no, no. An hour class. when I went
1: to Disney, that was actually with the company I used to work for. They actually, they hired out the theme park. Like, the thing.
0: you're recording from what your fourth or fifth spare room in your house. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about regular football fans. Fourth or fifth. I'm recording from my lounge. But yeah, I, I I think most football fans are working during the week and want to go see their football on the weekends and no nothing wrong with that, but they're finding ways to financing. I don't necessarily think they're 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 upper class. How did this get into a class
1: conversation? I
0: don't know. We're you. that's your
1: fucking fault. I'd expect that from Alex, not you.
0: We spent five minutes at the start basically slagging each other. We spent 15 minutes in the middle going on about far, now we spend another five minutes on upper class. Have we talked about the club at all during this podcast?
1: we've mentioned the game. Uh, so let's move on before you get on some random rant, which is <laughs> going to be listed by now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but again, uh the second week in a row, Garth Crooks, the archer, tense and seeker hypocrite. Um, I mean, obviously, neither of us are going to have a good word to say about him, and he's really not going to be that bothered. But I'm just going to say he comes mm-hmm. up with his rants. Rob Edwards says vice president of the club, he doesn't come back, but no. He then doubles down his rant and then goes on with some absolutely fucking clueless piece of shit about how the owners aren't ambitious enough and so you know don't know what they're doing running the club. And then somebody brings up what he said about Forrest the previous year. Oh, the owners they're gambling the club, spending all this money in case they go down. What the fuck is this guy on? He's a fucking
0: twat. It's clickbait, Nick. That's that's all it is. And I said last week that I didn't want to talk about him because you're just giving him the airtime and and, and th- that he wanted. He wanted people talking about him. He wanted people clicking Don't on it. He wanted. listening to us. He's not
1: getting any. He, I know.
0: Our, all all eight of our all eight of our listeners, you know, we'll will we'll spark them up into a rage against them. <laughs> uh, this week it, it 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 upset me. It pissed me off. But at the same point, I stand by what I said last week. Let's not give them the airtime. Let's not give them the time of day. There's going to be, like, back in the non-league days, of someone who said this, we were the only Luton Town podcast. Just, like, another four or five that can easily talk about this right now. Let them talk about it. You know, am I oh. pissed about what he said yes? You know, does it annoy me? Yes, of course it does. Am I willing a, to give him airtime? No. I'm
1: just going to say, right, if someone's going to be a twat, you can call him a
0: twat. He's a twat. Yeah. He's definitely a twat. Like, I think the word we used for Danny Mills back in, on, in the, on the podcast was he's a cunt. He's a cunt. Gara Crooks is a cunt. and Danny Mills is a cunt. Gara Crooks is a... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Cowardly cunt. Okay. Because he came out with his, his first article, and you're making me talk about it now, which I didn't want to do, but he came out with his first article and basically lambasted the club. And then... Gary Sweet and Rob Edwards said, hey, Garth, come down to our club. Let us show you around. Let us, let, let us show you what we're doing. Instead of taking them up on the offer and saying, okay, I'll go down there. And then maybe turn around and saying, you know what? I went down there. Gary Sweet's great. Rob Edwards is great. The lads are great. But it hasn't changed my mind on, on what I said. I still stand by what I said. He could have easily come out and said that. He doesn't take the offer. He rambles on about the 80s. And don't get me wrong. We were good in the 80s. You know? <laughs> I like to think back in the 80s, too. Uh, and then. You know basically has a go at the current regime in the club which just shows how much how how little he knows about the club well, i think
1: this response a mic from mike from the latest news it's uh um, yeah he's an opinion news i mean i'm going to sort of you know take a few sort of paragraphs from it because I mean, i'm not going to sort of really try and top that because he said everything there but it was um when he said oh the club has invested no infrastructure he's pointed out okay so, we spent 13 million on the ground, which is more than any other club in of Liverpool have done during the June close season. Got 25 million on a new ground. We've improved things. We've bought in new players, everything else. And we've not spent 100 million. And we've not said ourselves to bankrupt if we go down. That's all you can say for it.
0: Here's the thing like everyone and anyone that's a Luton fan that has access to recording equipment can come on and say, have their opinion on the Gareth Crook situation. But I don't think anyone's going to come close to. Saying it uh, the way Mike said it, and um, um, to make the way Mike Simmons said it, you know th- that article was perfect down to a T. Yeah. Like him, by him saying the current regime, you know, he is showing that he doesn't know anything about th- this club because without the current regime, we aren't here. I don't exactly. mean we're we're not. In, I don't mean we're not in the Premier League. I mean this club does not exist. We're probably I mean, following Luton something or other as a as a start as a new starter club, if we're being realistic. I mean, I just,
1: just give an example of what it could be other end the skill. One of my best mates is a End fan. He went to the game tonight. They had two substitutes. They've got an owner who's been hanging on and saying, "Oh, well, I've got these people coming in," but the owner's been basically borrowing from loan sharks. They're getting wound up in two weeks, unless something very very drastic happens. They're getting wound up in two weeks, and that's a sad sad end for a club. Yeah, because they all wrote. because
0: they mortgaged, all because they mortgaged on staying in the Premier League. No, they mortgaged the wrong way, but they mortgaged on staying in the Premier League. And right. another right. perfect example I'll, is Sheffield United, I'll, I'll, I'll South End, South End Oh, Southend, not Southampton. Okay, I thought yeah. you said South, Southampton. But yeah, no. Scunthorpe, I think is another one, right? Yeah, that I seen today that they're, they're doing problems. But you look at Sheffield United last year. You know, they went down the year before. Last year, basically, everyone said if they don't go back up, I think we said it on this podcast, if they don't go back up. They're in real, real trouble. Like in trouble. Real trouble. You know, you know who else is in trouble if they don't go back up? Bernie.
1: Nope, they're up anyway.
0: Oh, they didn't go back up? Wofford.
1: No, no, but exactly, yeah.
0: But Wofford they're, will just sack their manager.
1: Yeah, but I think their debts are actually quite sort of substantial. They're in big trouble if they don't go if they don't go up. And they're not looking like they're it. They're not looking like,
0: like it. But like, you, you like Stoke hung on by the but by, by the skin of teeth. I remember a couple of years back while they day went well, down. Stoke hung
1: on by people's betting accounts, basically.
0: You know, and it's just you, you kind of look at it and go, "Would you prefer us to be them? Would you prefer us not to have a club in two years' time? Would no. you prefer us not to be a... Because that that's how it comes across. It comes across as if he's saying, "I want this club gone." And I wonder, I secretly wonder if he's a scummer. I don't, know, I don't think he ever played for them, but I'm wondering if maybe he's a scummer fan. I think
1: he's just a publicist seeking can get. But I also think you've got control their Twitter account because within two minutes of the final whistle last night when Burnley got a point, probably less than that because I saw it 11 minutes ago, I'm thinking the game only finished about 12 minutes ago. The match of the day Twitter account goes, oh, Luton only because you know, only last Premier League club with zero points. Then for another one, Luton fans look away now, I'm thinking, give us a break. Right, moving on because we just had an interruption because Gav's a fucking technical retard when he comes to everything else, despite spending 20 minutes doing this. It was
0: going so well.
1: (laughs) Amateurs, I'm working with. I'm the one who's not, I'm the only one who's actually not bothering being professional, and I'm actually working with the amateurs. (laughs) Work that out.
0: No, 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 no. I would just like to say anyone that listens to this will not exactly call you professional because you have a phone or something on your desk and it keeps buzzing and it's annoying the fuck out of me. No, and until a... I had the technical difficulties, I was going to rip you a new one once we got off air. I was going to be like, Nick, for fuck's sake, move your phone onto something cushioned or something. Don't leave it on the fucking desk the same day you have your computer on, your iPad on, whatever. But now I've had the technical technical difficulties, so I can't exactly do that. So let's right. just move on and forget this ever happened.
1: <laughs> right. OK, so finishing off, if anyone's still watching, which they probably are, or listening, including Gav. It's Gav's computer. I can't blame him on that one. There's Alex buzzing my phone.
0: Fuck off. Um, <laughs>
1: right. So yeah.
0: In the nicest, right. in the nicest way, mate. Fuck off.
1: Right. So yeah. So Wolves game. We're getting close to a point. We've done continued, Four goals, three goals, two goals, one goal. Wolves down there, down there with us.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you read what he just sent? No. I'm not going to read it on air, but read what he just sent. And my response to him is most of us come from Scandinavia because you fuckers came over and pillaged us anyway, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Nick.
1: Besides which, he's technically incorrect because you're not quarantined. You're quarantined over on a uh, different continent.
0: No, he's talking about just my people in general. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wolves. So
1: we've done class wars, we've done alcohol. Alex even not being involved. That's not alcohol, surely.
0: Leave me alone, Nick. Just get on to the next question.
1: <laughs> right, wolves. We've done four goals, three goals, two goals, one goals. We're getting closer and closer. It's I'm not gonna make any predictions. You'd be hopeful though, wouldn't you, of getting something?
0: I'm not making any predictions either, but yes, you would be hopeful that we get something. <laughs> <laughs> it can't That's keep crazy. going this. it can't keep going for this bad for us not for the team not for this podcast it just can't at some point we're gonna have a good result both on the field as a team and on this podcast I'm, okay. as I'm long as long absolutely as long sure is. of it absolutely sure of it as maybe this weekend is. maybe this weekend is the turning point maybe we beat Wolves in the weekend and we have a really good podcast next week
1: I just said i beating moves at the weekend. I don't give a shit if we have a shit podcast. I have a shit podcast quite happy for the next five years. If we beat some of those start up, we the results.
0: I'm getting you a mic and some headphones. <laughs> Why? Just because I want to.
1: Do you think I'd use it?
0: Is that the end of this podcast? Are we done? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ended there.
1: <laughs> I thought we ended about ten minutes ago. We need cut out. To be fair.
0: <laughs> hey, Ollie, I hope you liked the intro. It's the only thing we're watching in this fucking.
1: <laughs> I remember. Uh, we're professional.
0: We're professional.